0: Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just eight ninety seven at The Home Depot. How doers
2: get more done. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. Staying in shape in the winter is the topic of today's show with a subtitle of, and this may surprise you, why you should get outside and leave your coat at home. So this is another topic that I have dealt with for decades, contributed to so many articles, written them myself. How do you stay in shape over the winter, right? And it's winter time as I record this show. It's a little milder winter, but it's it's cold. And this is just basic common sense, right? The winter is a time when people pack on the pounds. And let's just talk energy in, energy out. We move less during the winter for the most part, right? Unless you live somewhere like Hawaii where it's super nice all year long. Many of us live in places where there are a bunch of months where we are doing two things, three things. We are inside more, so we're just not moving. We're just not burning as many calories every day. We're not as active. And because we're inside... We tend to eat more. That's a really bad combination. That's a really bad combination. And to add one more thing to that, because this is how things are always connected in ways that are surprising yet not, but we just don't make the connections quite often. And that is that seasonal affect disorder, sad, goes along with the two things I just described. When you move less. When you eat more, that affects our mental health. That makes you depressed. Many people, depression. I'm someone who I need the light. I need to be outside. And the amazing thing about this show, I have to say, if this is not like one of the most perfect topics for Fitness disruptive, because it seems like it's so obvious. You, you think you know where I'm going to go with this show. You have no idea. Unless you know about brown fat. And that's all I'm going to say till a little later in the show and not wearing a jacket and being cold. All right? But that most common, right? And what happens? You know, we have the New Year's resolutions. You go to the gym, and you fall off of the New Year's resolutions, and then you get depressed, and you're eating more, and you're inside, and you're burning less. It's a really bad combination. And then all of a sudden what happens is the weather. You have that one warm day, and you go, oh, no. (laughs) Shorts and short sleeves are around the corner. I need to get in shape. I need to, to change things a little bit. And by then it's too late. Like if you even started then and were consistent for the most part, by the time you kind of achieve those goals that you set for yourself, it's probably going to be October, November. So we need to figure out how to be consistent. And that is what it's all about. Excessive moderation, doing a little bit, a lot, not a lot, a little bit, not waiting, not, not hibernating as so many of us do. And, And for good reason. But it can be combated. And again, when I read you some incredible research that is simple but not and and just explains a lot about myself and probably some of you out there as well, I think it's going to blow your mind. I think it will. And, And I rarely say that. But it's really interesting on an evolutionary level. So I'm going to give you the basics to start, like how to stick with your program, stay in shape, figure out what to do when it's colder outside. I got a bunch of questions from listeners about this as well. People in cold areas, you know, because it, it, it's that time of year, how do I stick with my program? So I'm going to give you those simple, basic things and, that you can do. But then I'm going to kind of take – we're going to take a turn. And I think you're going to get excited, and, and it's it's just super interesting. All right, so let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to get right into it, like the typical stuff you can do at home and things like that, what the winter should be about when it comes to exercise, and then we're going to talk about being cold, keeping your jacket at home, brown fat, and what the heck that is. We'll be right back. Maybe, you know, you're in a place, it's winter, you're listening to the show, you want to stick with your program, you know you're eating more, you know you're moving less, what do you do? Well, first and foremost, you're not going to do what you do in July and August, and don't beat yourself up for not doing those things, because it's... Sometimes almost impossible to stick with whatever you're doing, especially when it's outside and things like that. Even just runners, right? It's challenging in the cold months. And I will talk about that specifically. But here's what I want you to think about and just start the whole conversation. This is the off season for most people. And and I hate, and I hate saying the word hate, but that shirt that, you know, that not excessive moderation approach that says there is no off season. Well, yeah. I wrote an article about that not too long ago. Yes, there is. Professional athletes have off seasons for a reason. And if you're truly going hard like professional athletes, you should have an off season. You're going, well, Tom, we're not professional athletes. I understand the concept, but it's that extreme kind of approach that doesn't work. And I'm okay if what you mean when you say there is no off season is you that if that means you don't stop altogether, I agree. But you know what it, it means to me? It means you switch it up. Oh, there's that word again I use so frequently, variation. And that is where success comes from. And let me just really quickly go. The opening chapter of my book, The Micro Workout Plant, comes out in less than two months now, is one guy. And I have several success stories in there because those are what are really powerful, as I say. And he does squash in the winter and tennis in the summer. He's in his 60s. He is playing 20-year-olds, beating them. He is one of the top players in the country. And he was someone who had all the injuries. But playing racket sports was that important to him. But he mixes it up. He changes gears. Now, that's pretty, you know, complimentary. But it should be. If you're a runner, in the, if you love to run, in the winter, it's strength training time, people. This is the time to get strong. So because we're inside, listen, I don't want to be inside lifting weights like crazy when it's beautiful outside. And I don't. So the winter, makes perfect sense to be the time when you do your prehab. Did you listen to my podcast, Prehab versus Rehab? If you are someone who loves to golf, loves to play tennis, loves to play pickleball, loves to ride your bike, go for walks, whatever that is, then you earn the right and you fix your weak links and you stick with your program during the winter doing strength training as part of your program. Not only, you still want to do cardio and things like that, but this is the time. And that can be at home or at the gym. And at the very end of the show, I'm gonna give you a 10-minute bodyweight circuit that you can do at home. Requires no equipment, and it's cardiovascular, it's strength, it's abs, it's everything. And it's enough to help maintain your program. It's actually more than enough because so many people don't do anything. All right? All right, I gotta get into this. So, strength training. Look at this as your offseason. You're fixing your weak links. You are preparing your body to be able to do the things that you want to do when the weather gets nice. Notice I'm not talking about weight loss. I'm not even talking about vanity. That will come if you do what I say. But as I say all the time, doesn't matter what your reason is for starting, you get those other things. But let's, uh, my focus, I'm, I'm realizing after, you know, how many years doing this is, I, I'm not going to be talking about weight loss that much at all. Because that's not what exercise is about it's it, you'll get it and i you know i'll i'll help you with that but that's going to come because you do the other things i talk about because you're consistent because you focus on health the the weight will just come off but you don't focus on it and that's when it actually happens all right so strength training this is the time this is and it doesn't have to be long and you don't have to go to the gym and again i will give you that 10 minute workout which proves that and that is enough people if you mix it up And do other things and do that 10 minutes. And you can make it 20 if you want. Just double it. Make it 30 if you want. But you don't have to. It's more important that you do something throughout the day, especially in the winter when we tend to do so little to nothing. All right? Now, if you say, you know what? I still, I'm a runner. I want to get outside. Let me just get into the... You can go outside in really, really cold temperatures. You basically need three layers if it's super cold. Anything more than that is probably too much. And this is from someone who has spent years doing it. I've trained for the majority of my Ironmans during the winter outside for the most part. I always did them. Like New Zealand, all the races I've done are the majority were like March. And I live in the Northeast, so it can be done. If you go, if you're a runner or even a walker, a fast walker, here's a great rule of thumb. When you go outside to start your run or walk, you should be a little bit cold. If you aren't, you're overdressed because your body's going to warm up. You want gloves, you want a hat, and you want performance fibers, people. You know, many years ago, or I should say not too many years ago, they didn't have this incredible technology now. So when I go out for a run and it's 20 degrees, 30 degrees, 10 degrees, you know, the colder end, I have one generally short, tight performance shirt on, short sleeve shirt, right? That's the base layer. Then I'll have a long sleeve shirt, another performance fiber, but loose-fitting. And that those two layers with a hat and gloves are—I can do that 40 degrees. I, I won't even put maybe that undershirt on because my body's going to warm up. But then that third layer is the jacket, the light weight. Maybe if it's windy, that's going to block the wind. It's a third layer of insulation. But for just about—unless you live in like, you know— Alaska somewhere that's super, you know, 30 below, three layers of those type of layers are going to work for you. And then the legs, you know, you can wear tights, you can wear tights uh, and shorts over them, but it's the extremities for the most part that we have to be super careful about. And then the upper body, you know, I can go, I went out for a run yesterday. It was, I think, low forties shorts and one great jacket. And that was all it took. Gloves also as well. All right. You should also be safe, people, in the winter. If you're a runner or some bike, you want to be safe. The worst thing you can do is get injured. So keep it inside. That's the whether it's too hot or too cold, snow, ice, slips and falls, not going to happen for me. I'm not going to have that happen. That's what treadmills are for. That's when we torture ourselves on the treadmill or the ellipse, whatever. This is when we do take it inside. But again, I'm going to twist all this and say why we should get outside. But I have to always uh, start by saying safety first. Safety first. And that goes for super cold temperatures. If you are someone who lives in Alaska or Minnesota, Chicago now, I mean, we now have temperatures we're hitting that we didn't hit 20, 30 years ago, like freezing cold temperatures. So be smart. But know that 20 degrees, 30 degrees, you can get out there. You can get out there, dress appropriately, performance wicking fibers, and you can do it and cover those extremities. All right. So strength training, taking it outside. Now, I want to start with one study quickly on, we're going to pivot now, why we should get outside, even in the winter. You go, that's crazy. You just told us to stay inside. Well, I want you to stay inside when it's dangerous, when it's you know raining and cold. That's brutal and not for most people. When it's slippery and icy, I want you inside strength training day, snowing, icy strength training day inside, you know, at your home, at the gym. But here's the thing, back to mood, depression, overeating, under exercising, feeling bad about ourselves in the winter. There's something that's so simple. It's called green exercise and it's the activity in the presence of nature. And there are so many studies Self-explanatory, common sense, but again, we don't, we don't think about it. We don't know how powerful it is. So exercising in the presence of nature, now they call it green exercise, is super powerful for mood and depression and exercising more and enjoying it more. Those three things are incredible. You're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to enjoy the exercise more, and you're going to probably do it more, longer. And more frequently, because you'll enjoy it more. And you you go, oh, it's still freezing cold. Dress appropriately, and you'll be okay. Dress, like, I love, I have, you know, uh, winter gear. I'm good to go, and you can be too. And it's not super expensive. You can find this gear, and you find what works for you. and, And that's another thing. I want you to experiment. When you go outside for that walk, and you dress a certain way, Do that check about halfway through your your walk or run and say, or bike ride if you're doing that, or cross-country skiing, am I overdressed or underdressed? And over time, you're going to figure out what works for you. But for the most people, it's two to three layers of the right layers. All right? But here's the study. I'm just going to give you one to kind of, you know, get you to know, learn what this is all about. Green exercise. So... It was in the Environmental Science and Technology Journal, March 2010, and the title was, What is the Best Dose of Nature and Green Exercise for Improving Mental Health? A Multi-Study Analysis. And I'm just going to read the the takeaway for you. Every green environment improved both self-esteem and mood. Hello. The presence of water generated greater effects. I've said in other podcasts, I start my day taking my two dogs out for a walk in the woods. And I, there's a river and I stop and I can feel the power of that walk and that nature and the water. And of course we know sound of water, right? It's, it's, it's a white noise. We use that. Uh, It's powerful. Uh, Back to the conclusion. Both men and women had similar improvements in self-esteem after green exercise. Okay. This study confirms that the environment provides an important health service. So we need to get outside. We need to get outside. And here, let me jump right to it. So I'm a big believer. I was the kid. My wife still is angry, but I rarely wear a jacket. When I'm just out and about, I'm just, I don't, I, I don't wear a jacket. And for years ago, why is that? Now, I'm a huge believer in tying exercise to science, obviously, and to evolution, the evolution of science. Dr. Daniel Lieberman, Harvard, who studies this, one of my greatest friendships I've, I've made over the years. And I believe we have to constantly look back at the 2 million years we've been, you know, homo sapiens and what we did and the difference in the world we live in now and how that affects us from a scientific standpoint, though, people. Not not goofy, you know, we got to... But it's, again, common sense. Now, here's here's something to think about. 90% of the time, roughly, we are exposed to indoor conditions, okay? And scientists are saying the health aspects of ambient temperatures... Indoors warrant exploration, okay? What would it mean if we let our bodies work again to control our body's temperature? That's what I want you to think about. So, in other words, we have created this incredibly sterile and abnormal environment that our bodies were not made and evolved to, to live in. And you go, well, no, it's better. It's warmer. Like we have air conditioning. Of course, that's comfortable. But what 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 does that have? What does that do? What, what difference has that made to our bodies? And we're going to get to this brown fat thing, and it's really interesting. But what's so interesting to me is having lived the life that I've lived and having always been into fitness and doing these kind of things, it doesn't surprise me on several levels and won't surprise you that someone like me doesn't wear a jacket. Now, when I get to the, the, the numbers, you're going to realize that you burn more calories when you expose your body to colder temperatures. And that doesn't mean freezing all the time, people. But if you're always warm, if you're, if you're my wife, <laughs> who has a heating everything, I get it. You want to be comfortable. And I'm not saying that I'm uncomfortable, but I'm saying that we, we, there needs to be a balance of sorts. And at the very least, we need to get outside. You know, get outside out of that uh, artificial c- warm and cold what has that done to our bodies? How does that affect obesity and gaining weight? And it does. It does. So let's get right to it. I'm going to do one quick study, and then we're going to, we're going to take a break. And, and, you know, let's just take the break. We'll take the break, come back, and give you a handful of studies about why it's good to be a little bit cold and how getting outside so you're going to improve your mood... You're going to work out longer. You're going to work out more frequently or exercise or just be outside. You're going to, you're going to enjoy movement. You want to call it exercise and that's a good thing. We'll be right back.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
2: And we are back. And I want to just say one more thing for those of you who have those favorite sports. The winter is the time not only to strength train, but do that complementary cardiovascular exercise. You know, I always say I'm not a triathlete. I'm someone who does triathlons because I realize that I need to cross train. So if you're a biker, maybe you switch to running in the winter. If you're a runner, you switch to biking and swimming. So mixing it up, and those things you do indoors and outdoors when you can. But again, we're talking about cold weather, taking your workouts indoors. So that's the time to take a group cycling class and go, oh, you know, I'm a runner. If you just run, you will get injured, not a matter of if but when. You will become a triathlete, as I say, because you have to be, because it's rehab for you. So I want you to reframe winter into mixing it up, Forcing you to do something different. And when you do something different, changes keep happening. You get healthier and healthier and healthier. All right. First study about cold, cold exposure, an approach to increasing energy expenditure in humans. Hmm. Interesting. January 2014, trends in endocrinology and metabolism. All right, just going to read it verbatim, okay? Obesity, this is the, kind of the uh, synopsis. Obesity is a consequence of positive energy balance, which can be counterbalanced by eating less, increasing physical activity, or a pharmacological approach. However, weight maintenance is generally disappointing, we know that, and long-term use of pharmaceuticals has been limited because of lack of efficacy, poor long-term adherence rates, and serious adverse effects. So taking drugs isn't the solution. These limitations indicate that, given our current knowledge and available technologies, insights from other fields of research will be necessary to permit exploration of new ideas. All right? And applications. Here's the the kicker. You go, it's all obvious, Tom. I don't know. How about this? We suggest that regular exposure to mild cold may provide a healthy and sustainable alternative strategy for increasing energy expenditure. What? Let me go a little further, okay? So energy expenditure, EE, it's the, you know, way they talk about it in the in the literature. Energy expenditure increases in response to cold temperatures. Well, that makes sense to some degree, right? Which is called cold-induced thermogenesis. CIT, cold-induced thermogenesis. Brown adipose tissue, what the heck is that? Anyone? Some of you may know. Most of you don't. BAT, brown adipose tissue, has been shown to contribute significantly to CIT, cold-induced thermogenesis in human adults. And BAT activity and CIT are acutely influenced by, what was I just talking about? Ambient temperatures. So here's what I believe. We evolved. We were outside. We were hunter-gatherers. We were shivering. We were getting warm when we could. But... (laughs) The abnormal amount we sit today, the abnormal, uh, perfect temperatures we live in, probably too warm most of the time, that's affected us. And how has that affected us? Well, research is showing it may have something to do with the types of fat. Okay? There's white fat, which is the one we know about, your stomach, your hips. Okay? Brown fat is different. It stores energy in a smaller space than that white fat, but it's packed with mitochondria, anyone who studied exercise science day one, mitochondria, energy uh, powerhouses of the cell, right? Iron rich mitochondria. And that's why they have the color, right? Iron rich. uh, It's going to be darker in color. When brown fat burns, it creates heat without shivering. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting, right? And that's what thermogenesis is. And during this process, brown fat also burns calories, people. It's highly regarded, brown fat is, as a possible treatment for obesity and some metabolic syndromes, okay? It's it's one of the two types of fat we have, and other mammals as well, by the way. Its main function is to turn food into body heat, hello, and it's sometimes referred to as the good fat, all right? So some research has suggested that just two hours of exposure each day to temperatures, this is what blows me away, around 66 degrees Fahrenheit, Remember I said you don't have to be freezing? Maybe enough to turn recruitable white fat to brown. So in other words, you can change some of that white fat, potentially emerging research, to brown. Okay? Experiments have also shown people that adding more brown fat to mice has been found to increase the rate at which they burn energy, reduce the amount of fat on their bodies, and protect them from diet-induced obesity. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Amazing, right? Let me give you uh, two more real quickly. Brown adipose tissue oxidative metabolism contributes to energy expenditure during acute cold exposure to humans. Okay, this was January 2002, Journal of Clinical Investigation. Okay, so this was a study carried out by scientists in Canada that found that volunteers with higher brown fat levels started shivering at lower temperatures. Hello, me, no jacket, compared to those with lower levels. Okay, here's what's going to, you know, like you all have, I love this topic. I love this show. You know, we all, (laughs) I'm one of them. You have that friend and you say, you see how much they eat and you can't understand why they don't gain more weight. Here's one of the reasons. In addition, it's back to that study. In addition, when the brown fat cells were active, they found the volunteers burned an extra 250 calories, an increase of 1.8 times in the calorie burning rate. And the researchers also found that lean people have more brown fat. One final one. Name of the study, Brown and Beige Fat Molecular Parts of a Thermogenic Machine. This was in Diabetes, Volume 64, July 2015, Recent Research. Since cold robustly activates brown and beige fat, some investigators have suggested that moderate cold exposure could be used as a therapeutic approach. All right. And they went back to that daily exposure to just 66 degrees, 19 degrees Celsius for two hours was sufficient to activate brown fat, resulting in weight loss. So, what is my takeaway? Do we freeze ourselves? Oh, here's the amazing thing. I had a friend reach out to me recently, and he, he listens to the show, so he'll appreciate this. So, what, what have we done exercise wise? So, now there are gyms popping up. I'm not even talking cryotherapy as more the recovery technique. And uh, no, there are gyms, one in particular that is taking this research and now they are having you exercise at cold temperatures. But you go, Oh, there's some, there's some research to that. And there is, we will take it to the extreme though. And they will go too cold and all that kind of stuff. I'm not asking. What we're talking about here is those little things that aren't so little that add up excessive moderation, excessive moderation, working out in the winter. How do we do it? Well, you're going to strength train more and you're going to mix up your routine and you're going to go outside when you can. And the exposure, well, you may say, I hate running, Tom. I'm not, about, I'm, I don't do any of the walk. I take the dogs. I hit my steps goal before I bring the dogs in from the walk. So it's all of these things, a little bit more brown fat. I will do a show on NEAT, which is non-exercise exercise activity thermogenesis, which ties in all this, these are all the things, the small things that add up to a lifetime of not dieting, of not over-exercising, of not getting injured, and being healthy. One more takeaway. Let me just read one more from that study. In another small human study, or a different one, I should say, alternating cycles of cold exposure were shown to result in improved insulin sensitivity While these studies suggest that the potential of cold as a treatment modality, suggests the potential of cold as, as a treatment modality, I should say, our societal preference for thermal comfort may make this unfeasible. People, 66 degrees. Go outside for that cold. Enjoy. Like, that's why people, I say, enjoy skiing, right? And things like that. You're outside. It's that green exercise. So ski more. Skate outside more. Go for, uh, I still have yet to try cross-country skiing and I want to do snowshoeing. Every year I want to, I think of buying it. I don't, and we don't have snow. So the the days of even having a lot of snow in the Northeast, uh, just not seeing it. But mix it up and maybe go outside and be a tiny bit colder. Brown fat. These are the little things that aren't so little over time. And it starts to make sense, doesn't it? The people you know who are fidgeting a little bit more who are wearing a little bit less (laughs) maybe for a different reason but yeah what a great twist on the topic at the very least I want you to find something keep moving and let me give it to you right now so my new book coming out got a you know shameless self-promotion but it, it ties into everything I'm talking about I don't write books that I don't believe in 100%. It's called the micro workout plan. It's got five minute workouts so that you can stack one on top of the other. So I'm going to give you a 10 minute body weight circuit, 10 minutes and you can do five You can cut it in half if you want, or you can go 20, 25, 30. That's the beauty of it. When you have X amount of time, you do X, but 10 minute body weight circuit and it's going to be cardio. So for 60 seconds, write this down, get a pen or get out your phone <laughs> 10-minute bodyweight circuit, 60 seconds of cardio. So for most people, run in place, jumping jacks. Warm up, get that body going, burn some calories. 30 seconds, I want push-ups. Now, this is what I love about doing exercise by time. If you're just starting out, that could be one, two, or three on your knees. If you are advanced, it may be 30. It may be 20 off your knees. So 60 seconds of cardio, running in place, jumping jacks, 30 seconds of push-ups, then you're going to... Jump up, you're going to do squats, 30 seconds of body weight squats. Take your time, good uh, squats, good form. And then I want you to finish up with a 30 second plank. So you get cardio, you've got upper body push ups, you've got lower body squats, and you've got your core plank. And by the way, the studies, I've talked about them. Circuit training is one of the most effective ways to get in shape and to stay in shape. And that's what this is. I want you to do that four times through four rounds. That's 10 minutes. Okay. It's a two and a half minute circuit that I just gave you. So you can do it four times 60 seconds and you can change it around 60 seconds. A second time. Maybe you do burpees, maybe do skaters. You can add weights in if you want. I don't want to complicate it though. I want you to keep it simple and keep consistent that if we have to use the word secret to success. That's it. So for those of you who, you know, have fallen into that, seasonal affect disorder in the winter and can't do what you you love to do when it's warmer out and live in places like Minnesota where it's dangerous to be outside, there's your 10 minutes. So do what you can do. That is how I want to end this show. The winter is about, you're not going to get in the hour if that's what you do normally. You're not going to get in that and you don't have to. Minutes matter. Everything counts. Everything adds up. And I'm not just saying it. Science tells us so so let's work on some brown fat people let's work on being a little more a little closer to nature both in being outside and letting our bodies kind of self-regulate every now and again don't have to be extreme I'm (laughs) I've never been in a cryotherapy tank I will do it once just to see what it's like but I don't want to I don't like being super cold (laughs) I don't enjoy that. So when I talk about not having, I'm not cold. And part of the reason, I'm sure I I have not been tested, but I'm pretty sure I have probably a higher level of brown fat and I'm pretty sure I'm burning more calories all day long. And that's a good thing. All right. How awesome. Like science makes sense. Evolution, move, get outside more natural and not extreme. If you have a couple extra seconds, please rate the show. You guys have been awesome. We have some great ratings, and we got some comments. I got them. I listen. (laughs) Uh, It's a great world we live in. Uh, And if you have time, I would love for you to comment. Yay or nay, I'm okay with it. Be honest. Tell me what you think. Uh, I read them, and again, I do a listener mailbag show, so any questions you have, let me know. You can go to fitnessdisrupted.com. Reach out to me through there as well. TomHFit is my Instagram. TomHFit is my Twitter. Connect with a lot of you there as well. And listen, thank you for listening. I love this show. I love what I do. I will be doing it forever. And my goal is to help you have your best life. I am Tom Holland, exercise physiologist, certified sports nutritionist. Thank you for listening and believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next-day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com.